0: Okay, so I'm going to begin in three, two, one. Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. Ugh. Yes, and welcome to the Colour Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Woo,
1: colorful backgrounds, yes. And y'all, it's still the summer, so we are still summer shorting our way through the season. Mm. Yep, that's right. Yes, we are. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm i don't even know what summer shorting would would mean like do we have a strawberry short
0: like are we being fun are we being like cool like <laughs> right. are we just reading books outside like what is what is what is that giving you know? Do, like, right <laughs> like, what we the fuck are, what does that mean what are we doing we're just reading
1: kindles and cutoffs um, okay so. <laughs> <laughs> but today our next book our our current book the the book that this episode is about is called labyrinth <laughs> archivist by the author day al Mohammed.
0: Ah, uh, lovely. Yes. And before we get into all of that, because all of that is is—it's very, Labyrinth Archivist is very much like mystery moment, you know, mm. kind of a bunch of different things going on. Um, I just want to talk to you all about just the author herself. So, Day Al Muhammad is an author, filmmaker, and disability policy expert with over fifteen years of experience. She is currently a senior policy advisor with the federal government. So, as far as background, she is a co-author of the young adult novel Baba Ali in the Clockwork Den and the Labyrinth Archivist, which is the book that we're going to be reading today. As Ako mentioned, um, she's a founding member of FWD Doc, which is the Documentary Filmmakers with Disabilities, and sits on the board of Docs in Progress. Day has given. Multiple presentations mm. around disability and me- come on, multiple, multi- yep. more than one, many um, <laughs> presentations <laughs> regarding disability in <laughs> media for the American Bar Association SX SXSW <laughs> and that South uh, by, New-
1: that's South by Southwest.
0: Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) By Southwest and New York Comic Con. She lives in New York. She lives in Washington, DC with her wife and her guide dog. It's funny Um, because it's like
1: when people say hunter X Hunter, and then they were like, it's actually just Hunter Hunter. And everyone was like,
0: (gasps) Really? It's not Hunter X Hunter.
1: No, I think it's just Hunter Hunter. Oh my god. Oh my god. I know. Well. So yeah, so that's day, Um, (laughs) y'all. So... Yes, that is Dave. She is very cool and awesome. Definitely check her out on her website. And mm-hmm. before we get into the summary, okay. I have a shout-out. Hey, hey. <laughs> I know, very <laughs> cool.
0: Love that.
1: So, well, there's there's two shout-outs, and then there's a question. So it's a triple threat. All right, so get ready. Fabulous. For <laughs> mm. So Kelsey028 says... That our podcast is funny and informative. I love this podcast. You dive into important and deep themes, and at the same time, you're able to crack jokes and be cheerful. I really appreciate it. Three heart emojis, and I was like, ah, three heart emojis. Uh, thank you, Kelsey. I know, Wait, right? Thank
0: you, Kelsey. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I was so sweet, so and I was much.
1: like, I like saw the emojis, and I was like, this feels like the beginning of Zelda. You know, when you have like, you start off with three. Emojis. <laughs>
0: I just it it's giving me. Majora's mask. It's great. Right. So, <laughs> <very much. laughs> so I idea. absolutely love that. Yes. And speaking of shout outs, so we actually got one from y'all might recognize the name. Mm-hmm. So, we got one from someone named Luminous Luke, who says to subscribe already. Marcy and Ako are delightful, insightful, and hilarious. Do you like books? Question mark. Look through their episodes for one that you know or are curious about, and give their podcast a listen. And so, Luke, if you all remember, is from is one of the hosts of Ink to Film Podcasts. Mm-hmm. We actually did a collaboration with them a couple of months ago, talking about uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein's uh, Cinderella with Brandy, Whitney Houston, uh, all, all, all of them. So yes, yeah, so that is that episode is iconic it's on our website on our collaborations page you can easily find them and definitely check the show out as well they're really really dope yeah, they talk they're a lot really about yeah, just like books and movies and like you know movie adaptations mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're sickening check them out and also thank you Luke we love you yeah like, we appreciate thank you like yeah, yeah. you guys so. are funny and
1: hilarious also I want to point out that we did that Brandy Cinderella episode before Brandy was on Disney Plus so
0: you know yeah exactly we we started the movement Like right
1: that like, was we, no one else no one else no on one the else <laughs> truly, just us <laughs> about it up until this point.
0: We're the bit. We actually were the movie. We actually <laughs> made the movie. We're the directors. Um, so we did that. Things we did that. that so,
1: is um, yes. But yeah. So but yes.
0: But Marcy, I along with these
1: shoutouts have a question. Um, Yay! What's your question? Okay, so in this story, they're in a intergalactic fantasy world, which is very dope and mm-hmm. cool. But her her job, the main character's job. Is pretty. Um, it's pretty bureaucratic. One would say, right? Um, mm-hmm. She's an archivist. Yes. She makes maps. She listens to stories. And so, mm-hmm. my question is: If you were in a magical world, you you can go into to detail about the type. Um, uh, it could be magic. Mm-hmm. It could be sci-fi. You know, mm-hmm. but you don't have superpowers. You're not intergalactic. You're <laughs> not <laughs> just indi- regular, your you're regular, regular <laughs> individual. <laughs> Um, was some bureaucratic position and by bureaucratic basically Mm -hmm. like a paper pusher (laughs) like okay you you, you know like he's the clerk at the front desk type of thing so Mm -hmm. what magical bureaucratic position would you like to have
0: oh my gosh that is i know it sounds like a like a walking contradiction like it's just like Mm. magical but hmm I can I can truly say I've literally never thought about this. So this is just coming fresh from the dome. But I'm thinking if I was like in a, ma- I guess let me let me start with the world, and then I, I think from there it will be easier to delineate. Okay. So perhaps because like so in the world here, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. Basically, the way it works is that like there's just kind of like this um, sort of central hub, and like all these worlds surrounding it, and like you know people kind of you like they'll travel a bunch between worlds, and so if I was like, oh. Oh, I see. I already boom boom. I already know what I would do. Oh, so insane. if I was in this, if I was a space like that, that had like just a lot of like interaction with like folks from like all just all over the goddamn place, like truly just like all types of planets and galaxies and whatever, I'd love to. It, it Loki sounds like I'm stealing the main character's job, but I'm not. I promise. I would love <laughs> to be like a. some kind of like museum curator like someone who like Mm. kind of creates like these like cultural hubs but have a specialty in movement and dance and so I would like be the person that like I don't know how the fuck I would do this but I would love to just like kind of see like what dance looks like in a bunch of different spaces and then just like kind of create this hub this like sort of museum space where either there's like live performances or just like different archives or whatever of just like what like the history of dance throughout these places like the similarities differences things like that i would love to just like kind of create like a space that's like a half dance studio and like half like museum Mm. storytelling space so it's like dance as a form of like historical like recollection um i would love to do that and just like yeah like i feel like that would like just kind of get in touch with you know get me in touch with like Obviously, you know, within these different worlds, like, there's, like, so many, though, I imagine there would be so many different genres of dance and, like, you know, especially, like, just, like, kind of look at, like, across communities, what that looks like. Yeah, just, like, this intersectional, intergalactic, lit, um, <laughs> dance historical space. Um, and also, too, if you want to just, like, take a class or whatever, see a performance, see a show, I'll be there. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'd love to, yeah, so, I mean... I'm not sure if that counts as, like, bureaucratic enough. I said the whole museum part. Hopefully that counts. But, um, (laughs) yes. But, oh, or, okay, if I, like, really need to make it, like, government like that, maybe I'll be part of, like, the government's, like, I don't know. This could be, like, an extension of, like, the government's, like, arts commission or some shit like that. Uh, (laughs) Like, and, like, it's, like, a, I don't know, some kind of, like, cultural affairs thing that, like, this would probably be housed within. Um, So, yeah. So that's what I would do. What about you?
1: Mm, I love it. I like that it still had a creative take. Like it was still something beautiful, and that like was like recognizes the different places people have been and Mm. their origins. I, on the other hand, went with a far more mundane approach. I was like, (laughs) "What is the least interesting thing you could possibly be doing in the most (laughs) magical world possible?" (laughs) And um. At first, I was going to be like, oh, I could be like the maintenance team, you know, like in a world like this where there's different labyrinths, like someone's got to keep that the the portals open. It's like, oh, you know, Portal 3 broke again. We got to fix, you know, (laughs) Portal (laughs) 3. But I was like that in and of itself was still pretty interesting. You know, like you could be Mm -hmm. sent on like a team mission to like go and then you get stuck in a different realm and you were just there to fix the portal. And now it's like this whole like fish out of water story. And I was like, that's too creative. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, what if I was like part of the food and drug regulatory body, you know, where like all these random foods and like Mm. drinks are coming in. And I was like, you see, that too is very interesting because like, you know, like different things could cause different stuff. You'd have to know what was a poison, what would kill different people. I was like, no, 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 it's too exciting, it's too exciting. And I was like, okay, well, what if I was, like, a ticket puncher? You know, like, you <laughs> were like people come in, and obviously like, you you probably need some type of ticket for your stay or something. Or just mm-hmm. So I, I'm just a person sitting there, like, taking, and like, you come through the portal, I'm like, hi, welcome to the labyrinth. Like, <laughs> and, like mm-hmm. punch your ticket, give it back to you. Like, that's just all I do all day. <laughs> hi, welcome to the but... I tell people where the bathrooms are, I'm like, the bathrooms are over here to your, you know. And, <laughs> I know the intergalactic dimensions languages for bathrooms and and directions
0: wow so
1: that's probably <laughs> my bureaucratic <laughs> position
0: <laughs> but see i feel like that could low-key be interesting too because it's like you're seeing people like for like they just they arrive and they just got there like you're probably one of the right. first people that they see and like what i don't know like what if they people like had thoughts or like what if it was like a rough trip over and like people just want to like process like i don't know i feel like it could be like a very like I don't know, like being that introduction could be could be kind of cool to just kind of like you know also even just hear people's stories and stuff right. like that could be could be fascinating.
1: It could be fascinating, hmm. but like my thing would be like people would try. They'd be like, "I just want to tell you about this really excited I'd Be like, Look, "Here's your ticket. It's been punched." The bathroom.
0: <laughs> I just imagine you just like wearing shades and being like, "Yeah, so like um fuck all that um here's a ticket, girl. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. no no one we didn't. this is not. It's nobody's talk show. Please get your ass inside." Um, I just like them
1: hand up. them a pamphlet to an archivist. I'm like, "Interesting. Right. That's a very interesting story." Here's a pamphlet to talk to an archivist about. I'm like behind me is just a bunch of pamphlets. Like. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> you like sift through them like during your lunch break, even right. though you like look through them like multiple times. Um, right. I just you got it. Up got them basically memorized at this point. It's yeah. true.
1: Anyway, so that's that. I yes. Um, let's take a break, maybe. <laughs> 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 and when we come back, yes, <laughs> there'll be a summary awaiting y'all.
0: So delightful, delightful. <laughs> See y'all in a bit. Back, woo. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I just got back from my little museum or whatever. Very, very cute. So yes, yeah, so we're going to talk about the Labyrinth Archivist, which is a novella. Um, so just to sort of set the scenery so the entire story takes place in this like intergalactic like fantasy world we got talking people Mm -hmm. we got talking birds we got talking (laughs) antelope we got talking
1: cantaloupe fucking
0: cucumbers like it's everything is loki (laughs) sentient it's kind of lit honestly um so there's like this intergalactic ass world and basically a,
1: a, a sentient cucumber
0: oh i
1: guess technically cucumbers are like plants are a different type of sentient. what okay sorry
0: which is wild too because like i like recently went vegan and i'm like that's something i like really i'm like but see plants are like but like plants are alive too like like, how do i I reconcile that um but i'm like plants don't have a face whatever anyway well right anyway so they're not (laughs) concerned about that in the story (laughs) <laughs> no one cares. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, in this world, um, there's a place called the Labyrinth where basically, like, people from, like, all these different, like, surrounding worlds are like, kind of come together and like trade and link up and like have you know like just have a good time whatever whatever and just for context so the labyrinth is outside of like the ruling political system so it's governed instead by like a network of archivists so mm-hmm. in this world archivists are like everything so yeah. like, like Akka mentioned you know they draw maps they like just create like public record public history and essentially what they will do is like when people come to the labyrinth like folks will like go to archivists they'll like be interviewed and basically like tell the archivists like their stories share different knowledge that they come across in their journeys archivists write it down and just make sure that, like, all of it is, like, stowed away so that, like, you know, we just have this, like, ongoing, like, nexus of information. Mm-hmm. So, that's the Labyrinth. And so, the story begins with our main character, Aswela, who is a talented archivist, and she's basically... So, she's, like, basically an archivist, but she's, like, technically in training. Um, mm-hmm. And the book kind of starts out with her, like, interviewing, a, like, a creature known as a... Lassetri? lace tree, Lassetri? Lassetri? Lass- Lassetri? How... Lissetria. and also Boom. i
1: wasn't sure if that was the creator's name or if that was their race
0: like oh i think Lisserti, i think that might have been the race so then what was their name i think it's oh hold on was it also the <laughs> <laughs> that would be a gag i think it was um did it start with an m mm well let's just say that the person's name was a it, it wasn't but whatever so she's interviewing him with her cousin penny and so so for context so Azuela herself identifies as a blind woman and she's really really good at languages so she's really so she's like which is as an archivist like super valuable being able to talk to folks from like all different places mm-hmm. and so typically when she's like working with people she'll work in partnership with her cousin penny who is not great at languages but is really good at transcribing so the two of them will sort of like work together to like do interviews and like things like that right and so so, we learned pretty early that, like, Asoyla wasn't really allowed to become an archivist or really even just, like, sit for the exam because of ableism. Because mm-hmm. um, they were like, oh, girl, you won't be able to, like, transcribe or, like, make maps. And, like, granted, there are, like, ways around that. Um, we could also just, like, craft our institutions to, like, be inclusive of people who are blind or have low vision. But they're like, we could also just be ableist, And I'm right. like, or that. And I like, guess that's a choice so that we made. Um, you're
1: telling me in this, like, intergalactic world where people come from come different dimensions. Come know. on, come on. Different sight abilities and different limbs and different everything. You guys can figure out a way for the, your archivists. No? Interesting. No?
0: Okay, cool, cool. great. heard you. So, heard you. Yeah, heard you. So, so, we're sitting... So, so they're interviewing um, the LaCerti person, and they're in the Grand Parlor, which is kind of a no-no. Like, you sort of want to be in a more secretive location, mm-hmm. but apparently, like, the, the tea was piping hot. So, they're like, girl, we gotta do this interview today, girl. So... Laserti people in this space, I don't know what, okay, I I don't really know the history, the book, okay, you don't really go into all that, but (laughs) basically, Laserti people, there's like this stereotype against them where people think that they're violent and they're murderers. So, you know, Penny, Venezuela. So they're like Mm -hmm. a
1: lizard species who like, they literally like, um fill up with like fire inside of their bodies and then like so they're like dragons basically
0: basically <laughs> um, yes <laughs> so yeah so like the interviews happening with with asuela penny and this asuela this um laserti individual and then this person named devar who is a like like an aggressive side character <laughs> like the like the side of the side mother this like a to the teeth degree like <laughs> Like, an intergalactic side character. This mother, like, Homest, um, walks in and basically just, like, just starts, uh, just popping off. Like, saying mm-hmm. stuff about, like, the Lacerty people, like, just, like, coming out the mouth kind of wild. And so, of course, the Lacerty person, like, gets really pissed and so then they just get to boxing Devar and this person. Mm-hmm. Um... And so like this is a mess. Asuela's like, oh girl, this is like kind of a mess, because like we weren't even supposed to be doing this interview here. Right. And like this is like causing a lot of tension, like, oh, yikes. And so they're able so basically the fight's going on, it's like chaotic. And then like um this woman named Melody, who is Asuela's ex, comes. And so Melody is like the head of the guards for like the governing, like the like the government, basically. Not the archivist, but like the government. Mm-hmm. Um and so basically she like breaks up the fight or whatever, there's like some sexual tension, clearly some energy there between Asuela mm-hmm. and Melody, even though they broke up, blah blah blah, whatever. Whatever, bike gets broken up, and then basically the guards are like, Look, everybody here has to go to the principal's office, essentially. (laughs) And the principal here is Asuela's mother. And so they all go. Yes, so she's, yeah, basically, yeah, the head archivist in charge of all this shit. And so, like, all of them, like, Essentially go to the office, that being Melody, Devar, the Lacerchi person, I think Penny. Azuela, they originally told her to go home, but she was like, girl, I'm not going home. I'm going to my mama's office. Like, Y'all got me fucked up. Well, I think so she like goes there. Because
1: the head archivist was like, you two are in training, and you broke the rules by doing this in the grand parlor, which you're not supposed to be doing. And really, you should be in a lot more trouble, but I'm your mom and your auntie, so go home. And Penny was like, yep, right. definitely going home. Definitely listening to auntie and going <laughs> home. And Azuela was like... Uh, mm, this is me turning around. This is me walking towards the office. Yeah.
0: This is me going inside. It's like, oh, am I turning the knob? Oh, look at, oh my God, I'm in the uh, office? is wild. That. It's, look at that. Um, So, yes. So, yeah, so, they're all in the office. And basically, like, everyone's, like, low-key, like, just kind of smoking weed. Um,
1: Intergalactic yeah, just all weed, you know.
0: Intergalactic cannabis, I don't know. Yeah, they just all smoking <laughs> in they lies, whatever, whatever. There's some, so, the head archivist, I guess this, I guess, would you say this is, like, their personal assistant? Like yeah, the chairman. the
1: chairman, I guess. I'm not sure exactly how the social political structure of the archivist works. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's a board or, you know, elected officials who have terms, but he's definitely there. Um,
0: yeah. Helping, definitely, quote unquote. D- I guess. Yeah. So the chairman is there. And so just like for context, like Asuela's mom, like, is down for her to like... You know, explore the whole, you know, archivist thing. But, like, she ultimately doesn't really think that Eswella can really do it mm. because she's blind. And then the chairman especially doesn't think that. And is always just, like, you were, like, basically, like, well, it's like, why are you entertaining this? Like, you know she can never be an archivist. Like, mm. what what is going on? Like, he'll say this to her mom. And so, it's, like, this whole thing. He's really, really critical of her. Which, put a pin in that. We'll come back to that later. So... During this meeting, there's a lot of sexual tension with Melody and Aswilo. Very much like, you know, we broke up, but like, locally, we ain't fully broke up for real. Um, also, not for nothing, Melody sounds great. Um, I'm like, why y'all break up, though? Like, she sounds really great. But mm. anyway. So, while we're in the office, we also see that Aswilo and her mom also kind of have some tension in their relationship. Like, things are a little just tense very much giving you sort of like um oh my god what was her name Ara, aura and rt energy from like, kingdom yeah. of souls <laughs> very much that um so you like sort of like see that dynamic at this point penny who didn't even want to be there in the first place she <laughs> leaves the office she's like girl i'm going home y- y'all doing a lot so she leaves um and then all of a sudden everyone hear penny everyone hears penny screaming from outside so everyone like rushes out to like see what happened and basically they discover that asuela and penny's grandmother um on the ground after having fallen down a flight of stairs. And so everyone's really devastated because, you know, they check her body. Unfortunately, the grandmother is is dead. And so everyone's devastated with this. And in particular, Asuela is because basically her grandmother was like her main source of support. Mm-hmm. Like when she wanted to be, an, like as she was studying to be an archivist, her grandmother was like, fuck all these people. Fuck all this ableist nonsense, girl. You can be an archivist. Yeah. You are like way more talented than everybody else. Like, fuck all this. And she's like, you're right. And so to see her grandmother, like, Dead like this, it's just like what the hell. So it's just kind of a lot going on, and so you know she's really devastated. She goes back to Asuela, is really devastated. Goes back to her room, and the next day she like you know she wakes up after like a really long bout of sleep, and she realizes that she has like this powder on her clothes. Mm-hmm. She's like, huh, and she like sips the powder, and it like makes her dizzy. And it's interesting because she makes it makes her think about earlier, like the day before, when she when they all discovered her body, like her grandmother's body. She had felt dizzy at one point, had almost fallen over, and she was like, huh thought chalk that up to emotions at the time but like right might have something to do with this powder why would this powder that makes you dizzy be all over my grandmother mm. this ain't who mm, conveniently this ain't really fell down the exactly. stairs exactly and then she she quote unquote fell down some stairs mm. hmm. she was murdered it's basically dun, dun, right dun. then and there she was like she, my grandmother was murdered we got to figure this shit out and so she's like, let me talk to my mom. Obviously, you know, she's really distraught right now, but, like, we definitely need to have a conversation about this because if my grandmother was murdered, like, we need... One, we need to, like, like no one's safe. Right. You know? so we need to, like, figure out what the fuck's going on. So she goes to her mom's office, and she's like, look, I know you don't really want to hear this, but I'm pretty sure that, like, you know, Amma was murdered, and her mom, um... Takes it poorly, right. like really poorly, and is basically just like, "As well, you're always being so fucking childish. Like, are you fucking serious? Like, you're really going to say all this shit right now?" She like slaps her at one point. No, it, was, it was like it was kind much. of a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was like a lot. Because um, you're like,
1: even if someone came up to you and was like, "I think it's like you're the headmaster of an archivist, um, uh, like organization in an interdimensional. You know, it's not unreasonable." Right.
0: <laughs> It's right, it's not
1: unreasonable that um she could have been murdered, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> so yeah, at this point, as well as like okay, so clearly my mom is not listening. Like, let me figure out like what I can do. So she has a friend named Garok, who's like a he's like a prankster, you know, he's like like real mischievous. Um, but he's also a chemist, and she's like, you know what? we track here some chemistry. So she's like, look, I want you to kind of like check out like you know my clothes like i have this like weird powder on them she has like she knows that like a powder in particular that would do this um it was called like Chicona something um and basically she's like grog i need you to look at my clothes and just like kind of just like get a feel for it i, sa- I found this on my grandmother i just want to like just kind of like suss this out and he was like yeah, yeah yeah that's fine whatever so coming back from that um a spoiler runs into her grandmother's like ex-lover slash entanglement slash situationship um a guy named Handsome Dan, I don't think that's his government, I don't think it's like a handsome <laughs> first name, Dan, last name, but like that's his like colloquial nickname, I guess. When he's doing and like and a standardized
1: s- test, it's like, wait, right. first last
0: name, <laughs> Handsome Dan. Which is like, I'm like, but well, that's one hell of a name to live up to, like shit. But um, basically, yeah, so he's like an right. older man. Like, um, can you
1: imagine if your name's like Unhandsome Dan? <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Average Dan, you know, comparative to who? Mediocre Dan, Mediocre oh Dan. my god.
0: Oh, my gosh. But, yeah. So, basically, he's, like, this, like, intergalactic adventurer, mm-hmm. blah, 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 like, lit as shit, whatever. He has this whole caravan. He always asking Asuela, like, hey, girl, you trying to join this caravan? Yeah. I'm like, it's lit. And Asuela's like, I'm an archivist. No. Um, <laughs> so, like, that <laughs> happens again, basically. um, So, yeah. So, they, they, like, get to talking. And from the conversation, Asuela learns that. So, recently, there were, like, these people who were, like, banished from the labyrinth, but then became unbanished once, like, Asuela's mom became the head archivist, as a cause, so, before, so, sorry, for context, Asuela's grandmother was the, you know, was a head archivist, then her mother is, is the one next in line. And I think mm-hmm. that was, like, a fairly recent transition. So around the time that that happened, there were these people who were, like, banished from the kingdom, but then Asuela's mom was like, girl, they don't need to be banished anymore. So they became, like, unbanished. Um, and so then Azuela was, like, could one of the unbanished people have, like, killed my grandmother? Mm-hmm. Like, what, like, is that, like, a possible motive here? Also, at one point, she's, like, hey, handsome Dan, um, you know, where were you, like, when my grandmother, like, you know, when her body was found? And, like, he was just, like, oh, you know, I was. Elsewhere. Elsewhere. And just, like, <laughs> kind of looked out of the window and she was, like, okay. I don't. This is a little suspect, mm-hmm. but okay. So, she's like, just elsewhere can't give me a locate, Not a latitude right. or a lot. Elsewhere? How vague is that? <laughs> Not okay. a latitude okay. you or You could have said I was at the library. I was at lunch. Right. I was, like, I was at, at my mama's house. Elsewhere? Okay, girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So, the next day. What um, the burger. Sorry, I'm still going. Krispy right, <laughs> right. Kreme, nowhere. Okay, girl. Anyway, so the next day, um, Asoyla goes to her ama's funeral, um, and there she like meets with her aunties. And so Asuela's like low-key trying to be subtle and like get information out of them and just like learn more about this mm-hmm. whole unbanishment thing. Um, but her auntie was like, how the fuck do you know that? And Asoyla's like, uh, uh, look over there! And it's just like, okay, Asoyla, tact is, I, I guess subtlety is not really your strong suit no. here. So, yeah, so after this, like, so I was like, girl, let me, let, let, let me leave. Like, I'm doing a lot. <laughs> so she, like, leaves the situation. Um, she's like, okay, look, so no one's really believing me right now. Like, I'm still waiting on these tests from Garok. Like, what is happening? So she decides, okay, let me, like, talk to my ex-Melody. I know we, like, broke up. But, like, I feel like she might be on my side here like if my mm-hmm. mama was murdered she absolutely needs to be on my team so she goes to her and is like hey melody i think that like my grandma was murdered and melody was like yeah girl like that makes sense and then sort of was like wait that's that's it you ain't got no mm. no critiques no no pushback she's <laughs> like, no i mean if you think your grandma was murdered like i don't think you would just make that shit up yeah girl i mean yeah we got to investigate it like fuck and she's like oh shit um so then they kind of like talk so they like talk a little bit about their relationship um you know she's like oh like you know i always trusted you blah 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 like melody saying this to to azuela and then um they just like make out like ferociously, <laughs> like viciously make out, um like in this whole conversation. And they're like, okay, well, uh, now that that's out the way. Well, we gotta, I mean, like, it was like more
1: smooth than that, but it wasn't less <laughs> tropey than any other times you've seen it in a book, where like she suddenly she like got up from her desk and walked around and embraced her and kissed her. You're like, oh, that's a, a lot of movement for that mm. to be a surprise kiss, <laughs> like, right? Like, exactly. The someone has to come up from around the desk, like it's. No longer surprised. You, you like it's
0: yeah, exactly. So they like make out. You know, obviously pointing to the fact that there's still some energy there. Yes, that was um, the, yes.
1: Thank you, Marcy. That was the the context was to show that they're broken up, <laughs> but they're not really
0: broken up. <laughs> of course, we're like talking um, about logistics.
1: You're like, if you get up. <turns.">
0: do they come from the right or the left side and it's like what does that matter it doesn't matter um so like so basically you know so they get to talk and they're like okay back to business they're like, as they wipe their lips um and they're like okay so for someone to do some shit like this like <laughs> melody points out she's like usually when motherfuckers just out here murdering like they don't just do that kind of haplessly like usually yeah, it's out of like revenge or passion there's like some kind of motive here so like let's think back to like and also to like if you were the person that did it you want to position yourself as if you did not do it mm-hmm. so the person that did it is most likely there so let's run off through the people who were there and so asuela's like okay yeah i was like me it was penny like my mama the chairman devar i think there was like some other motherfuckers like all these different people and then um melody later was like oh yeah wasn't handsome dan there too and asuela's like huh he was there interesting interesting put a pin in that so She's like, I definitely need to confront Handsome Dan the next time we talk. So, later on, um, Grog finally meets up with Asuela and Penny, who's also there at this point, um, and basically suggests that, like, yeah, Asuela, I was doing the tests, and I think that you might be right about this whole poisonous thing, but I need to get, like, a more definitive sample. If you can get, like, some of this Chicona, whatever the fuck, um, bring me a sample of that so I can, like, confirm that that's what it was. And if that's the case, then, yeah, girl, yo, uh, yo, grandma was definitely murdered. Granted... Grogu seemed really nervous he throughout this does. whole exchange um, for good reason. We'll get into that. But anyway, uh, so I was like, Yeah, girl, like, that's fine. Um, get some sleep. I'll give it to you tomorrow. He's like, Bet. He, so the
1: next day. I, I As- feel like Girok was kind of like, We should probably do this now. And she was like, No, 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 no. We can definitely do this tomorrow. And Akko was like, Reading the book and was like, Grogu's going to meet an unfortunate end if y'all do this tomorrow. But in any case. Ex-
0: yeah, that, that, and, and look at, look at that. Mm. So the next day, Asuela, none the wiser, just goes, gets the poison sample. Um, Penny and Devar were fucking in the same room where she got the <laughs> poison. So she like walks in, she's Which, like, oh, Devar it smells atrocious awful. in here. It's a mess. He's all, yeah. He, also, I'm like, Penny, why are you sleeping with Devar? Devar has called Asuela everything but her name, mm-hmm. like, literally talked about her just completely. Wi- okay. Yikes. I, I don't know. If I was Asuela, I'd be like, why are you fucking, anyway whatever it's fine so she gets the poison she goes to she's on her way to um grok's office and while she's walking um handsome dan out of nowhere nowhere, shows up (laughs) and like insists on guiding her to his office and as like i don't really need all that and he was like no 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 no, i'll take you and she's like okay so they're walking together and asuela brings up that uh handsome dan lied not even Mm. low-key high-key she was like (laughs) yeah um you said that you were just elsewhere quote-unquote but uh Melody telling me that you so you were there when my grandmother died, so like what's Yeah, th-
1: unless elsewhere and the place where my grandma died are the same place,
0: you were definitely not right. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So she's like and then Handsome Dan's like, so what are you trying to say? And she's like, Did you or did you not mm-hmm. kill my grandmother? And so to this, he proceeds to um shove her against a wall and then threaten her life, like with a knife. Mm-hmm. Um which is awful, yeah, atrocious. Not, horrendous behavior not and also extremely suspicious so she's like i don't see why he would react like the if um he I, he does if he is innocent um right and so basically yeah he like threatens her life and he's like so basically says something to the effect of you know like you gotta prove it like blah 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 and then just kind of like ominously walks away and was talking about how it'd be so easy to like get rid of her and all this mm. other shit and Aswella's just like, oh, my God, this is, like, wild. And so he, like, walks away, and she's like, girl, I, can, I need to get the fuck out of here. Let me find Groke, and, like, because Handsome Dan right. is pretty much the killer at this right.
1: point. He's the suspect number one. Although, I mean, he does make... I mean, obviously, he's you don't need to throw anyone against the wall to make this point, but he was like, if you really thought I was the murderer, why would you, by yourself alone, confront me about it? And I was like...
0: Which is a, hold, which a cold hard fact. I'm like, that like, is... yeah.
1: But anyways, so that happens. And Azuela's is like... And by the way, when I was reading this, I thought her name was Azula the whole time. So shout out to Avatar The Last Airbender fans out there. <laughs> but I think we're going to go with Azuela because I think that's sure why not so anyway she goes to the lab and she finds Garogue, who is on fire yeah so yesterday when he was concerned about his his life for reasons the book didn't go into he had i guess a good reason to be because he is now in the process of being on fire and uh she barely escapes herself because the whole place is catching on fire with of course all the evidence and he hurriedly hands her a bunch of documents which obviously show the results of his experiment (laughs) um (laughs) So she and a bunch of other people are trying to put out the fire, but honestly, everyone's like, "This fire is like magic fire or something. It is not going out." Also, it's not going. It's out. not going out. Also, where did it come from? Everyone's like, "We don't. We don't know. <laughs> like, we just entered the book on page. You know, last page. Like, we don't know what's going on <laughs> with
0: this fire." As I, I as like looking to the side characters, like, "Do y'all know anything about this fire?" And they're like, "Girl, we literally literally just got we here. We don't even. Like, have we have no context. Like, yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> we're all wearing generic outfits. Like, <laughs> literally all wearing the same thing."
1: So, so the governor person who of the sociopolitical government that surrounds this labyrinth such archivist area is like, you know what everybody's on lockdown. y'all got too many fires, too many dead heads of archivist people dying girl, doing too much. It's just... too much it's too much. We were over here trying to you know play uh, banana grams or whatever and y'all just starting <laughs> shoot. No you know what no one can leave their planet and then so everyone's like no one can leave our planets not our, our planets so he's like yep no one can leave the planets So naturally, everyone is upset so mm-hmm. there are whispers that the, the Resetti, um, like the lizard people did it but it's probably just racism and it's probably yeah. done that on purpose making it look that way so people to you know to throw it off the real mm. the real perpetrators scent. so Azuela goes to see her mom and while she's there with Melheti they reveal that some archived documents were discovered on another planet, which means maybe someone has been stealing documents. Now we got... <gasps> I'd, oh my god right so now we got grandmother's been murdered people are stealing documents garok's been murdered in a fire it's all very intense by the way um azuela is like very upset about garok being dead i, I don't think we're portraying that enough she's upset in the story yeah, that, that yeah we, we
0: like kind of did a shitty job of it, yeah she was like <laughs> devastated
1: um, um yeah it kind of the pace is kind of keeps keeps going but so on top of this drama <laughs> we learn two things one oh my god okay her mother, from Garok's document, her grandmother was poisoned. So we know that. But also, not just with the original Chakona Arrium, are- that magical plant that she mm-hmm. suspected with the dizziness, but also mm-hmm. with some new poison called a corpse bloom. And you can imagine that the corpse bloom probably <laughs> does something corpse-like. And you're right, it does. When it <laughs> infects the dead, it resurrects them after like two days being underground. And then you know Azuela her mom Melhiti Ako Marcy we're all sitting there like now was not grandma buried 2 days ago and they're like yes yes she was and we're like
0: so they all look me. at the calendar and they're like damn it's
1: the 14th right. we heard
0: her on the 12th shit
1: so they're like oh so, no we probably have to go find it,
0: my dead grandmother so yeah and and, it, and it's wild because the corpse Loom, not only does it resurrect the dead but it makes them go to like a crowded place yes. And, like, explode. Yes. And then, like, infect everyone else with the corpse bloom. Which, to be fair, most people do heal from corpse bloom, but if you don't, when you die, you do this, like, zombie shit. Right. It's, like, a mess. Which
1: is, it kind of makes sense because, like, if you open up your world to a bunch of different worlds, it's very likely that you'll get some type of parasitic creature that spreads you know it's not trying to mm. it's not a villainous character it's just that's how it spreads it, it infects some people right. and then it explodes and then it affects more people it's like a fungi, you know exactly So now, you know, Grandma Fungi has risen from her grave and is probably. (laughs)
2: Not Grandma Fungi.
1: (laughs) It's probably about to do some stuff. So, um, Melhiti and Azuela's mother are like, okay, we're going to work on that. Meanwhile, Azuela's like, okay, I'm going to go find these stolen manuscripts. And there's a subplot where Penny and Azuela like have a moment where they're like, Penny's like, you use me and you can control me and that's why you like having me around because I'm someone who's under your control. And this way I was like, no, I don't do that. But then she flashes back to like Melahidi being like, okay, but you you know, we, we we did have a good thing going, but then you you, you you like to exercise a lot of control over people. And she's like, well, you underestimate me because you think, you know, because I'm a person who's, who's blind, I can't do stuff. And Melhiti's like, I've always believed in you. She's like, you're kind of coddling me. So mm. there is like, you know, she, Asuela's not a perfect character. This is a great thing about her. She is complex. So she does like to mm-hmm. exercise a little control over people and then in like response to people feeling like uh, she can't do things. So anyway, Right. Uh, They all said that eloquently in the story together. No, they didn't. They just argued. And they had a minor (laughs) breakup. So then Azuela runs into Handsome Dan again, who I don't know what Handsome Dan is uh, ever doing, but uh, he's around. At all. Right. Yeah. And she's basically forced to spill the latest updates. And he assures her that he did not do it. Which, if you were going to do that, I really think the last time you showed up on page Flip Black, Flip Black 20 or something, you shouldn't have... but yeah, with the knife, not very persuasive.
0: Just feel like holding someone at knife point does oh, right. not an innocent person make. Mm. Like, why the fuck would you do some <laughs> shit like that? And if you were innocent, now you were guilty of doing the shit to me. That right. is assault. You cannot do that to me. You literally cannot do that to Ooh, people. Uh, like, yes.
1: That's a very oh. good Like, even though you did not kill your lover, oh, by the way, um, Umma, Grandma Umma was the... Was his lover great? You didn't kill her, but you did. You did assault <laughs> her grandchild. <laughs> um, a, yeah. So anyway, so it turns out you know zombie grandmother is in the main, the grand parlor, and she's about to explode and, and infect everyone. But luckily, you know, Azuela's mom and Mel Hiti are able to like grab a rug and smuggle her before she explodes. And in the ensuing chaos, Dan manages to steal the documents that Azuela had, and. I don't know. Mm. Do something with them, and then the government is like still paying, playing banana grams, and they're like, "There's a lot happening in this labyrinth. Y'all. There's a lot. There's too much happening." Oh, is that? Oh, oh, super califragilism? nice, nice. Anyways. Well, <laughs> <laughs> But and so he's like, let me go call my girl Melahiti, who's the head of the guard. And He's like, oh, ring, ring, ring. Melhiti, yo, what's happening with you and your girl? And Melhiti's like, I don't. There's like a lot of fire and stuff. And so the governor's like, well, get a handle, get a handle. And Melhiti, you know, she calls the swale and she's like, uh, so my boss so my boss's boss, um, great speller, really good at grammar. But he says, <laughs> to, you know, tap this down. So now at this point we're adversarial. And the swale is like, Ugh, oh, fine, I'll do it myself. So Azuela and her mother enter the archives and they're about to, you know, figure out what's going on, save the day. And all of a sudden they're confronted by this device that like emits some Mm -hmm. type of delirium death sound. Like sonic wave
0: shit. Lots of ringing.
1: It's like when you're an iPhone, you know, that that one um, alarm that it has that everyone (laughs) had in like the mid 2000s. 2010s, early 2010s, and you're like, why does it sound like everything's on fire? Yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, Zoela jumps into action. She's, like, getting everyone's attention. She's trying to save her mom. Turns out her mom was particularly sensitive to this device. So clearly, clearly, mm. someone is targeting the family, the head archivist family.
0: Because how would you know that exactly. otherwise?
1: So then they're mm. like... So then Penny and Azuelo make up, and they're like, look, honestly, if someone's coming after our family, it's just me and you, all right? Like, we're we're cousins. I love you down. Yeah. You love me down. Let's just put it aside and, like, good idea, good idea. So they're like, okay, maybe what we need to do is find these stolen manuscripts that maybe Handsome Dan has or maybe they're – well, truly, who knows where the documents are. So <laughs> –
0: Which is not much of a lead, but you know. So Malahiti, who's still
1: trying to work for the governor, but like not really, because she's like really into a soil, is like, all right, let's go check the archivist's office and find out what's happening. So they go over there, and all of a sudden they run into DeVar, who is just straight up. Chillin'. And so they snatch him Be up. he
0: kicked up on the damn right, desk.
1: Eating corn chips or something unbothered. So
0: they <laughs> snatch him. In the same office where a mama almost died right. from the sonic device. Exactly. So, so he's looking. What the fuck are you doing here, Devar? Mm, What's good, Devar? D- thank you.
1: Explain yourself. So we're like, you're looking mad <laughs> suspicious, Devar. Not going to lie. So they snatch him up and they start asking him some questions. He's like, look, 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 I didn't kill anyone's grandmother. I didn't do anything. And it turns out him and Garok had this deal to replicate the documents. Uh, so now they have d- more than one document. Uh, honestly, me and Marcy are a bit uh, confused on this um. matter. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I was reading I was like, I do I? There are maybe some
1: more documents. But anyway, it okay. doesn't really matter. All that really you need to know as the audience. <laughs> audience is that Devar did not kill their grandmother, although he looks suspicious. Very suspicious. Mm. So, or they basically he's a red herring. He's a red herring. Handsome Dan is a red herring. So we still don't know. We're flipping through the book. Akko, Marcy, Praveen's over here. You know,
0: she's like but Praveen who's the figured that shit out page one. Like she Honestly, was like, "Girl, I I already clocked it." Like, oh, truly
1: Praveen like figured it out, and we're like, "Praveen, what's the answer?" And she's like, oh, "I'm going back to Bombay because I already figured it out, and y'all don't pay me enough." And we're like, "That's fair. That's fair. See you around. See you 1921." She's like, "Please don't come over." Anyway,
0: like, it's like please delete my contact information. I hate y'all. And I'm like, "Oh my god, so." Good. Great seeing you again, Praveen. Love you. Um, <laughs> I like, can
1: see you soon. <laughs> Praveen is from um, Praveen Mystery Novels, by the way, which is a book we read earlier this year. Okay, so anyway. Yeah, Widows
0: of Malabar Hill. Great, great series, yeah, by the way. Truly exactly. great series.
1: Anyway, so um, we realized basically, <laughs> back to the story, that the killer wanted her grandma. This is a summer shore, people. Okay, so the killer clearly wanted grandma out of the way as well as Aswela's mother. So they're like, oh, wait, hmm, grandma Aswela's mother. Who would be next that she would want to get out of the way? Oh, me and my cousin Penny. Oh, snap. Mm. Where is Penny right now? Oh, she's like out there looking for documents because we made up. And so now she's helping us with the mystery. And they're like, no, she's in danger. So they quickly, they're running through the re- They're looking for her. Where's Penny? Is she in the archives? Is she in the office? Is she eating snacks outside? She's not eating snacks outside. So she's in the office. She's been strangled. Dun, dun, dun.
0: Yep. Yeah, so Melody and Azuela are like, Damn. Yeah. What are we to do? We figured
1: it out too late, but luckily, you know, Penny does that. (coughs) Cough thing where she's like, I'm alive again. And everyone's like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, like in the stories where you're like, Oh no, they're dead, but then they like cough ceremoniously and you realize they are alive. Exactly. So Melahidi's like trying to resurrect her, and Azuela's looking for help, and all of a sudden they run into the chairman, and you're like, the chair the chair flip back to page twenty. Oh, but the the, the, the <laughs> Who the, the fuck the is that? The <laughs> chairman <laughs> who was telling me I couldn't I couldn't be an archivist based on some fuddy-duddy nonsense. And the chairman's right. like, Yeah, that's me. And then Everyone kind of blinks twice. And then they're like, oh... you're the murderer aren't you and he was like yeah i'm i am the murderer yeah because And they're
0: like uh did you have a look did you have enough uh like screen time or (laughs) i don't know like backstory to really be the murderer for for us to land i don't know i feel like really got to know like handsome dan shit even grow up truly who the fuck is we don't
1: honestly devar could have been but we don't know we don't know the chairman like that but what we do know about the chairman is that he (laughs) reveal was grandma's cousin and he Mm -hmm. wanted to be the head archivist so obviously he has it you know, he has motive. That's he has a personal interest in getting rid of the head archivist family so that he can take over. So, mm. you know, to further his plot and you know, he's like, you know what, I've gotten this far and we only got like three pages left. I guess I'll just <laughs> seal the deal. So he tries to kill Aswela. But is like, uh, remember that time I told you I was the head of the guard? I'm the head of the guard. And so she jumps in and takes him out. And everyone more or less just lives happily ever after i mean not happily ever after like there's some tragedy here but uh, you know everyone's good penny's alive her mother recovers handsome dan takes the chairman and does something with the body handsome dan was very in love with with grandma so yeah which i really liked i was like oh that's that's a sweet little like older story like it's not just young people who have you know
0: exactly i love that yeah i love that representation yeah
1: so then Meliti and Asuela got back together because, you know, I don't know, if adventures make people fall in love and they are c- cuddling and things. <laughs> and so eventually Asuela's like, maybe I will take up Handsome Dan's offer to go travel the world. Like, my grandma always believed in me and she wanted me to be an archivist, but there are so many ways to be, you know, an adventurer and maybe going with Handsome Dan is one of them. So the- Which,
0: mm. Asuela, the same Handsome Dan that held you at knife point you want that's a yeah i just feel like we could i mean it's other ways to travel sure i just
1: i i got the i got the feeling that he was kind of like a um like a not like a you know like those hardened adventurers who are like i've seen some stuff you know like a sea captain from those books Mm. this is not a justification please don't put people at knife point but um i got the feeling that he'd like he was kind of trying to say, like, if you're going to be, like, hard in this world and traveling on my caravan, which I keep insisting that you should join, even though you've given <laughs> no interest, like, you have to, like, think on your feet. And you're like, okay, again, all of that could have been said in a memo or an email text message. Right. <laughs> <Ray. laughs> Didn't put me at knife point. But, um, so I think that's the the sense. I think he's he, he cares okay, about her. Um, right. It wasn't like he was actually trying to murder her. Okay. Mm. <clears throat> Speaking of, I think we've already delved into the discussion section, but let's take a break. And when we come back, <laughs> <laughs> we can maybe, you know, just like suss out our thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Boo. Perfect. Okay.
0: See you on a bit. <laughs> and we're back. Who? So yes, so now we're going to get into our feelings and thoughts. So I'm thinking what we can do is just, you know, do our usual thing of just overall thoughts and impressions, and then just kind of getting to the nitty gritty. Mm. Aka, would you like to start, or would you like me to start? Mm, I can start.
1: Okay. Um, I, so I like the premise of this book, and I like the protagonist, and I like all the pieces a lot, but <laughs> I don't think I like the plot turn i don't think mm. yeah i know i was surprised because i was really really digging the beginning when she's um Asuela and penny are taking notes and i really kind of liked her i the idea of her going up against the archivist system and having to like maybe go on some adventures and like maybe as a trainee because she hasn't officially become an, an archivist but through that mm-hmm. kind of achieving the status that they all did not think she could you know an underdog story that she could not achieve and right. and her and penny's relationship growing and kind of showing that like you know no like as a team or we we can be better than everyone and even me on my own is Mm. completely capable of doing this i i I really liked that direction so when it took a hard right and went into this like (laughs) grandma murder corpse boom story i was a little thrown off and i i don't think i i don't think i loved it because i think the story got a Mm. little bit um i don't know i think it lost its direction a little bit did i I love again, I I love the world building. I, I wish there was more. I like the idea of these caravans that go into different mm-hmm. planets. I I this archivist idea is really, really brilliant to me. You know, it's such mm-hmm. a cool I agree a topic. Like it's such a cool idea of just like and because, you know, a lot of um adventure stories, it's a lot about like i guess colonialism <laughs> and maybe there's yeah, there's probably yeah. a colonialist aspect to this too but not so much right you're an archivist you're just eh, map making you're just exploring and it's about people being brought into different worlds for trade you know for their mutual benefit for trade and, and as a market as opposed to like going places to like take over um and and I get, again, the idea of like a bureaucratic process in a magical world is, is very fun <laughs> right. and cool to me. So I I really mm. love those aspects, but I, I wish that the story had focused more on those aspects because I I, I thought mm. those were really cool. And and exactly this politics of like uh, the lizard people and like you know all the the politics and tensions that would come into play if you had this sort of intergalactic meeting point and mm. how someone who's an archivist would be able to kind of have these vignette stories with different characters and different storylines and i think that might be mm-hmm. what they're gonna try and do with like a, more sequels and such but um mm-hmm. i think maybe they crammed too much into this one and i was like i'll oh, just i mean if think about if we had like met grandma because um, uh, to be honest we meet grandma um uh, when she dies <laughs> but think, yeah the about how interesting it could have been if you know you had like four three or four books where Grandma Alma is like advocating for her to be an archivist, and like you know she's not as maybe confident in herself as she starts off, but she's still going on these adventures. And then how much of a an emotional pain it would be if in book four this happens, you know, and it's a turning point mm. in her story. Same thing with Penny and her and, and Suela's conflict. Like I got it, you know, and I actually liked it, you know, cousins fight, and I I. I liked that they had that element of difference, and and that they're both two imperfect characters, and you know. Mm-hmm. But I was like, how more interest, how much more interesting would that have been? You know, two books in, or you know what I mean? Like, um, right. after we know Penny and her relationships a little more. I'm not saying every book needs to be a series, obviously, because some books mm-hmm. are just one book. But for as much as she wanted to accomplish in this book, I, I, that's what I got. That's how I felt. Like that's what mm-hmm. I was. I was hoping for. Love the protagonist's way of, of, of kind of interacting with the world. Love the way that's mm-hmm. written. I thought it was really cool. I think it decenters sight from the conversation a lot of the times, mm-hmm. which I thought obviously that's, that's why we want to read different books with different people from different backgrounds because people tell stories differently from their perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really dope thing. And I understand the author being like, that's, that's my advocacy work. So yeah, that's what I wrote. And I think, um, she pulls that off quite well. So I want to give props for props to do. I don't want to be like, you know, but, um, but yeah, that's how I felt. How about you?
0: Hmm. Got you. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I definitely, so I definitely agree with that, with that, that last piece for sure. I loved just like, yeah, like the sensory descriptions and all of that, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I really loved that piece. Um, overall, I would say I liked it. <laughs> I did, yeah, I did, I, I liked the novella. I think it was, I think there was just, I mean, there was a lot going on as far as, like, just, like, the context and, like, you know, just, like, the lab, like the, the archivist versus, like, the local government and the guards and, like, I don't know. I just feel like the context that they're in is all really interesting. And to me, it's, it seemed like the perfect landing point for, like a bigger series and that could be one that like is actually going to happen or even if it was like it just ended on that note it's just like i I, sometimes i feel like the stories do well when it's like they kind of allude to something bigger even if something bigger doesn't necessarily come Mm. it kind of like just like lets your imagination swing a little bit so i feel like there was a lot given to us to kind of like sort of like chew on and sort of like be with like after the book ended which i thought was interesting um Mm. i will say i did like i liked the the like um sort of the interspecies diversity among the people in the book i see I, even calling them people i'm like i mean are, is everyone a person like how should we individuals like because it's like you know garok for example was like a bird and like you know oh, yeah. we garok talked about was like a bird yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talked about like you know the lizard people and stuff and so yeah i thought that was really interesting i would have loved to have seen kind of like what that means as far as like just like relationships between groups of individuals like i'm like is there like a like a human at the top type of hierarchy or is it truly kind of a more like egalitarian whatever because like from what i can understand from you know and correct me if i'm wrong but like you know the head archivist both as well as mom and you know her grandmother you know all the people in that executive suite like melody all those people to my knowledge were all oh yeah people p- people mm. um or like humanoid i know melody had like horns but like otherwise was oh a person. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah and so and so Things like that that I'm kind of like, hmm, kind of curious, like, what that means that, that like, you know, it seems exactly like it's like, like, does that speak to something or is that just like kind of a coincidental thing? So definitely would have loved to have seen that explored a little bit more. Um, But yeah, but I did like the diversity there. I will say, okay, okay. So, I feel like y'all, I mean, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Love that you're here. For folks who might have been listening for a while, I know that y'all, I, I don't know, I feel like sometimes I come off as this, like, anti imagination. like, you know, if we go do fantasy, like, that's fine, but, like, sometimes it's just too much. Like, I don't, know, I, 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 I don't, don't want everyone to seem like, way. I'm a, okay, but, like, for me, I think... For me, personal preference. When it comes to, like, mysteries and these kind of, like, detective stories, I feel like the more you can base in just, like, realism, to me, I find that more effective. I feel like when there's, like, a lot... Or at the very least, like, there has to be a lot of world building and context set so Mm -hmm. that it can, like, just seem, like, logical. Like, I like a mystery where it's, like, you could have guessed that from the very beginning. Like, you actually had all the pieces from the start. It was just a matter of, like, you, like, putting them together. When it gets to be a little, like... Like, like, like for example like with the corpse bloom and like this random like sonic device and all this other shit it was like this is cool but it's like it felt like it was introduced too conveniently right before like we didn't learn about corpse bloom until it was immediately relevant and same with the sonic device but it would have been really cool if like we learned about all these different properties all these different devices even in like maybe like one-off comments or like whatever and then like later in the story we see like oh shit like that thing from earlier you know like just like i feel like the more context you lay out at the beginning the better and then from there like it's like if there's a mystery that like plays out you can kind of use all of those pieces so that the reader can be like oh shit like once you find out at the end it's like damn like i kind of thought that you know at the beginning or maybe like you know i I, like i could have put that together if i wanted to yeah so so yeah so so editing what i just said so so either have it based in like more realism or at the very least set a lot of context just so like it feels like we all have a lot of things because yeah sometimes it feels like i I did feel like there were some moments where it was like okay this is like kind of convenient or this just kind of came out of nowhere you know it's just like there's no way i could have really guessed the chair you know i mean like it's like we didn't even learn that the chairman was ama's cousin until like he said it at the end. Yeah. so You know, like, it's just like, there's like a lot of context that I feel like could have been kind of placed at the beginning, but, um, yeah. But yeah, and and also too, I think also with the pacing, it was weird because like, I always struggle when it's like a bunch of really traumatic and awful things happen, yes. but like the plot just like keeps moving forward and I'm like, it's kind of jarring that like a soil is over here. Like, like I mean, I get it. Like everyone's lives are on the line. You don't really have time to like
1: but... stop
0: and like process like that, but also too, it is kind of like, you know Grok just died and now we're over here like you know on to the next thing i don't know it can just feel a little like are we gonna go, come back to that are we gonna do
1: something it does about- take you out of the story right because you're like yeah yeah and and i think that um what you're saying i i agree I, I feel like i always say everything's a pacing issue and i don't really explain what i mean by a pacing issue <laughs> and i'm not sure i'm gonna explain it here either but i guess when i'm what I mean by a pacing issue, which I think this book has, is exactly what Marcy was saying, that especially for a mystery novel, which I didn't expect this book to be, to be honest with you, <laughs> um, mm. but it ended up being, is that you right? You have to have hints at the beginning so that it builds up to the end. Right. And I think we, we learned about the chairman. I, I think the chairman actually was a reasonable guess of a whodunit to be honest with you yeah but there's not enough there like discussed about him and then similarly there's a lot of red herrings right handsome dan is a red Mm. herring devar is a red herring there's a lot of red herrings but you kind of know that they're red herrings like um Mm. they're just kind of obvious and there's not much like why would handsome dan kill her grandmother like it, it doesn't right you know there doesn't seem to be any conflict you know devar is a jerk so that's a, a more believable red herring but they like kind of quickly <laughs> are like no it's not devar you know um and like you said about the the corpse bloom and all that it would have been interesting if maybe that was discussed in the story with um with the lizard people and then it came back mm. later you know like yeah and that would have made sense because the, the uh, they had just been unbanished so now maybe that is a more possible thing and then you can use them as a scapegoat you know so right. there again that's what's really kind of great about this book there's like a lot of really great pieces in here <laughs> um a lot of really cool stuff but then i have pacing maybe is not the right word but yeah and then I loved the idea of this conflict between the government and this sort of um, semi-autonomous archivist organization.
2: Mm,
0: yeah. But
1: I would have loved to see more about that. Although, you know, honestly, I'm not going to say that cuz there was a little bit of tension with Bananagram man. Um, th- oh, by the way, there's no <laughs> that's not in the story. There's no <laughs> Not just the Bananagrams like the government guy. They they're kind of like a bodiless uh, organization. But Literally, like know, they'll be like, "Oh,
0: the governor know. said this." And I'm like, "Are we going to meet the governor?" And right. they're like, mm, "No." And I'm like, "Okay, well, cool. Yeah. I'm not mm, That's fine. <laughs>
1: that's that's fine but um i i do think if the story continues if there are sequels that would be really cool to see how that plays out i i do like that having meli and asuela on two different you know they have two different loyalties you then see mm. where their attentions are right because meli you know is ostensibly the the head of the guard and she and likes being the head of the guard and she would like to likely keep her job. But that puts her just by definition adversarial to Suela who she's in love with. And that's a really cool um, plot point that I really liked. Um mm-hmm. uh, and I, and and it kind of like you know I was like kind of mad about not mad. I was like a little disappointed in the <laughs> Rudrick story because I couldn't figure out why he was in the book. Um, and this is this is like a love story oh, from Kingdom of Souls. From Kingdom of Souls, yeah.
0: Okay, so, <laughs> I was like, who?
1: <laughs> sorry, yes. For context, Rudrick is in Kingdom of Souls, and I was a little upset because there's a love story between him and the main character, Ara, the character Ara, that is like a little bit, um kind of superficial you're like i'm not sure why these two why this is such a big plot point and there mm. was a lot of star crossiness but not with a lot of yeah. substance whereas here what i really liked mm. was that it was a star crossiness that that had a little bit more oomph like oh you work for the governor's office and i'm the the daughter of the head of the archivist okay yeah we're mm. adversarial but we like each other you know so I liked I actually thought that was one of the stronger points. I still am not in love with people making out in the middle of crises, but I'm starting to feel like maybe I'm the odd one out on that one. Like.
0: I don't no you really you really are not. You truly like honestly, it like I, I don't know. It's so it's so funny cuz I I mean granted in that immediate moment it was just the two of them whatever like, you know, they made out, but I mean, there's some pretty egregious examples of people, like, literally during a chase scene, like, people making out. And I'm like, you're literally running for your life, though. But the thing is, like, it's weird when it's, like, it's like you make out and then you just immediately start talking about, like, the death of Asola's well as grandma. You know, like, I don't know. Stuff like that is so jarring to me. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, c- we couldn't we have done this, like, before she died or something? You know, I don't know. Like, just something yeah. where it's, like, I, I feel like when characters. Sometimes I feel like things that are really high stakes are paired with these, like, really light Moments, Um and I'm just like kind of speaking broadly, like not even specifically to this, but like I feel like I, I just sometimes see that immediate. It, it just it's so jarring to me. Like when someone dies, I'm like, wait, can we like take a beat and like acknowledge that? Right. Like, especially if it's someone that's close to you. Like let's like you you good? Like what?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's just
0: it's just a lot to kind of process. I'm like I feel like we need time to time to process that right Um, and
1: i was thinking i was like is the problem that me and marcy just read these books too quickly and so like our pace doesn't give us time you know what i mean like if we had read them slower that's a good point yeah like maybe they you know because we're always saying it's a pacing issue but we read them pretty fast so maybe it's not a pacing issue Mm. um so I, i was like if this if i keep seeing this problem like should i examine myself and i don't i don't entirely know the answer to that i it could yeah could that could be part of it i'm gonna stick stick to my opinion on this one if you disagree you know in the comments like just be like i disagree and i'll be like "Eh, fair
0: (laughs) you know (laughs) that's that is is okay Um, um yeah but yeah, but but I will say, I, I didn't think it was, like, I mean, them making out, I didn't think it was, like, really that deep. Like, I feel like I, 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 we've seen worse examples. Like, I mean, Kingdom of Souls. My God, literally what? <laughs> like, I'm like, y'all are over here six versus 500,000, and y'all sheesh, are literally sheesh. making out of the battlefield right now? Like, this is wild. um Right. So, yeah, so compared to that, I'm like, this is actually, this isn't bad. Yeah, um, I actually
1: thought this um romance worked in the story, actually, in my opinion. I agree, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And it felt much more, like, compatible and even the reason why they broke up was really interesting like yeah. you know just the idea of like you know Asuela feeling like you know Melody to some degree like didn't trust her or would try to like infantilize her mm-hmm. and then Melody was like you know I feel like you try to have control over everything and and also to that being compounded by the fact that like just in general like as a, as a blind woman like people often underestimating what Asuela right. can do and like what her intellect and like, her abilities and stuff and so it's like it it, it just it, it's so layered and complex that I'm like oh this is like a like this is a like I, I don't want to say the word compelling. That feels like no,
1: I think compelling not right word, is accurate.
0: Yeah. Like if it, it just feels like a more compelling reason to to have a relationship yeah. like this in. It's like you clearly still love each other. You clearly still like y'all are still compatible in many ways. It's just a matter of like just figuring out how to communicate with one another and like kind of live in a way that's a bit more synchronous. Um, yeah. And also. It, and yeah. And even them getting back together, I was like, I'm ac- I'm actually happy to see this. Yeah. Like, melt Like this this is like y'all seem like a healthy grouping of individuals. Yeah. So. I, so,
1: yeah. I, yeah. I was gonna say that. Um. Because it, it gives Josuella more agency in the story because it's like she goes through a journey, which they kind of say pretty like <laughs> it, not very subtly at the end. She was like, I had to go through a journey to get to the end and now we can be together. And I was like, oh, OK, <laughs> but <laughs> but to, regardless of them just stating that out loud in the book that it, it the story gave way more agency to Zuela who was becoming right you know she had all these right. limitations put on to her by the archivists and saying what she could and couldn't do she felt some of those limitations um and they say in the book like there's a time where everyone runs off to do something she's like great i'm left behind again mm-hmm. because no one thinks they can do anything mm-hmm. and so you know the story she's becoming she's f- figuring out how to deal in this world that's you know adversarial to her and before she was really angry and pissed and was like I can't be in a relation with, relationship with Mel Heath because I feel like she's overbearing but then you kind of right. see with her arguing with Penny that maybe like Asuela does have things that she's taking out on other people as well so it's a nuanced story and Asuela grows mm. as a person Penny kind of grows as a person but Penny's kind of a sad character um, yeah Anyway, Penny is also the psychic and Inspector Gadget from like nineteen ninety eight. If anyone was wondering, they were oh fun. I know. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I just I think it made a compelling <laughs> hero to have someone who she's growing as a person. There's complexity there, and the the relationship mm. illustrates that complexity. That's what, that's what I like.
0: <laughs> mm, um, exactly.
1: Yeah, and then even the makeout scene illustrates, you know, a, a a intense feeling towards each other despite their current um not being together which indicates that there Mm -hmm. are other factors at play so there you go it's it's yeah again i really like all the pieces to this book a lot actually i was like really getting Mm -hmm. excited but then when it took the plot point about the murder and the grandma i was like no this isn't what i want yeah
0: and they did the course bloom i'm like okay y'all like y'all really an exploding zombie grandma like girl come but you know it. <laughs> you know it was I, all in all though. You know I I, I know we. I, yeah, I think we're we're in a lot of ways saying a lot of the same things. But yeah, but you know I liked it. It was cute. Yeah, it was cute. Cute stories. Novella. You know it's fairly short. So, yeah, it's fun. Um, I would recommend. Yeah,
1: recommend the read. Um, just to Definitely. also uh, Marcy's point, I think is really well taken. If you want to just like. Because after thinking about it, I was like, man, I'd be on that caravan in a heartbeat. Like, you know what I mean? It really makes you, a, mm. like, very excited to imagine. You know, this kind of melting, melting pot, like, bizarre market with all these different intergalactic beings. It's, like, a really fun setting to be imaginative in, so. Right. Yeah. All right. Nice. Well, You know, if you had more thoughts, if you think we missed a quintessential piece of this novel, you should definitely (laughs) message us on at the color on. No, you should message us at the color pages or you can Instagram us on these. Wow. At these color pages. Um, We have an email. You can email us at thesecolorpages at gmail.com. That's what's up. Check out our website, thesecolorpages.com. And if you're there, you can see, you know, what books we're reading. So that's a really cool feature of our website and also our link tree, which is on our Instagram. Um, and possibly in our show notes. Actually, it will be in our show notes because that's where we put them. Okay. Anyway, what does Marcy have to say?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. So um, <laughs> if this show brought you any love, light, delight, mm please feel free to, you know, just, like, show us some love, you know, wherever you're listening to this podcast. um You know, a little comment, a little rating, a little review. We always appreciate it. You know, could be on Apple Podcasts or not. So either is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, like, if you like this episode and you think someone else will like it too, feel free to share with them. We definitely love to share the love as much as possible. And kind of, yeah, just, like, it, it helps us all to just, yeah, become a community and, like, Just engage in these conversations with one another. We definitely love to hear from you all and like, you know, love when, say like on Twitter or like Instagram, wherever the case is, like hearing from you all, like your comments on like the show and the books that we read and stuff, like that really like makes it all worth it. And we just value each of you so deeply. So so thank you again for just like taking time out of your schedule to like listen to our asses like talk about this book. Um and like we definitely appreciate any any insights, Mm -hmm. um, comments that you all that y'all have. So our next book is actually going to be. Love Beyond Body Space and Time which is um a collection of indigenous science fiction and urban fantasy focusing on LGBT and two spirit characters. So we're super excited about wow to be this, this should just be so lit. I'm so excited. Um but yes, but between now and then, Ako, was there anything else we should leave our listeners with before we head out?
1: Yeah, I think until we see you next time, just remember to Stay
0: Colourful!